fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fuss Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 46, and the guest this week is someone whose appearance on the show I think is well overdue, but before we get to that, I want to remind you if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many other places like that. Contrary to that, though, if you are listening to me right now and you didn't realize there was a visual side to this thing, then I encourage you to please come check it out on YouTube. However you choose to enjoy the episode, I really would appreciate it if you would subscribe, like, follow, share, whatever the case is on the platform that you're using. It really helps me to keep growing this channel, and uh, I really appreciate your support if you've already subscribed, so thank you so much. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea or maybe just some feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now, for this week's guest... I had the chance to sit down with someone who is a staple of the Ottawa comedy community. That's right, Mr. Trevor Thompson, host of Trevor's Pad, Pandemic Primetime. Uh, he's a great guy, and uh, you know, don't let his cantankerous stage mojo fool you because he's a really, a really nice dude and an easy guy to talk to. So uh, we had a great time. We did some trivia. It was really just a fun chat. So I, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you so much. Hey man, thanks a lot for uh, for taking the time to chat with me. I uh, I've wanted to have you on for a while, but I was hoping to get you here in person, and uh, things don't seem to be clearing up anytime soon. So, yeah, that whole pandemic thing, you know, I uh, we 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 are. It's like I'm just I've, I'm so accustomed to uh, internet broadcasting now that uh, this is just old hat for me. <laughs> I, I'm starting to get finally used to it too, but it, it was a weird transition for sure. Um, well, man, I, I want to talk to you about Trevor's pad and, and the whole pandemic primetime transition and all that, but I want to find out a little more about you and just your roots. I know you grew up in Metcalf, right? I did. Yeah. I, uh, I was born in, uh, 1975 <laughs> on a windy day, uh, in Metcalf, Ontario. Well, I wasn't born in Metcalf. I was born in Winchester because Metcalf, oh, okay. Metcalf doesn't have a hospital. Um, uh, so the town of Metcalf, it's, it, I don't know if you're familiar with where it is. Um, it's like half an hour from here. I know about Yeah, right? Yeah, it's about that. So it's like actually kind of equidistant between Winchester and Ottawa. It's a little closer to Winchester, but I think a lot of people, when they have babies, they just go into Ottawa, but my parents decided to go to Winchester. So, uh, yeah, that's Winchester's nice. I went to a, a doctor's appointment there once. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I think I broke my i think it was when i broke my finger i was going to see a specialist okay. or something wow okay yeah yeah that's it i yeah i see i i <clears throat> i don't really have a connection to that town other than the fact that i was born there but like, yeah yeah you don't really know it. yeah as soon as as i was out of the womb it was back up the road to metcalf right so uh yeah i uh i i grew up in that town i lived there uh well i mean all through my childhood teenage years and even like I went to Ottawa U and I was still living at home so yeah I basically lived there till 90 I guess like late 90s and uh, my parents still live there so yeah, yeah well were you um always a fan of comedy growing up because I know you started comedy in like your early 30s right so I was curious as to what yeah. was sort of what spurred you into finally going on stage uh I've always been I always had an interest in in I guess in, I get, you want to say in, in interest in comedy, but like, it was something that even when I was, even when I was in high school, it was something that I thought about, um, trying, but I just never had the courage. And because I, I was living in a small town and it just, I mean, it's not that far from Ottawa, but it, it seemed like, uh, just to, like another world actually get the guts to try it. And like, uh, 
my late teens and early twenties, I was in a band for a while. And so I guess like any urge I had to perform, I got out in that medium playing in a, in a pop punk local band. I was going to ask you what, what genre, but yeah, uh, it was like pop punk, like blink One Eighty Two style. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not that I don't like blink 182, but they're okay. Uh, yeah. I just... Yeah. I, I guess, I don't know like what band you could even compare us to. I don't know. It was just, it was something to do. It wasn't, I wasn't, I was never serious about it. Like it was, I mean, we didn't take it that seriously. It was more just like, you know, some guys are jamming to hang out and drink. And we, we yeah. played, a, we played a lot of shows too, but nothing big or anything, but, um, yeah, that was up goes about the late nineties. And then I, again, it was something that I thought about trying and thought about trying, but then I, I did a, uh, like early two thousands before I started stand up. I did a satirical website with a friend of mine, uh, like kind of like before Beaverton or uh, oh, cool. like those, like way, way less successful, obviously. Real fake like, news. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, kind of like a, a Canadian rip off of the onion, much lower. Yeah. Quality. There's a, there's a ton of them now as far oh, as, yeah, yeah, you know. there, yeah, there, there, there were, there were a few of them around back. Anyway, we got like a bit of coverage for it, but not a lot. I mean, this was before social media. This was literally before Facebook or Twitter or anything even existed. Right. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, this would have been like around, like we were doing that website. I remember we were like, I, I would write the articles and my buddy Dave, uh, I'm still like best friends with, he did all the, uh, like layout and graphic stuff, all the tech stuff. Okay. Uh, and we had like, I had a couple of friends that would contribute some stuff every now and then Dave would write some stuff too. But I, I wrote the brunt of the articles and it's the kind of thing that I look back at now. And like, uh, I, I don't know if there's anything still online, but, uh, like some of the stuff I wrote, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. And some of it hasn't, you know, like anything, right. I don't know if it holds up or it's like, yeah, this is shit. But so that, I guess that was in my way to say of like, that's how I got out the urge to write or perform or come up with material, entertain people. Right. Like I was, I was meeting those needs through the web, through the website. Uh, like I just, I remember when September 11th happened, we were, we were, I was doing that website. So that's, yeah. So like, we're talking like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's early days of the internet for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, dial up and uh, you know, like, even, yeah, oh, I remember. I don't know. Like, I'm born in 85. So, okay, I, was, yeah, so you yeah, know, I was about 10 years old yeah. when Windows no, 95. Yeah. You're, yeah, I was going to say you're exactly 10 years younger than me. So I, yeah. I, I didn't think you were that old. You don't look that like, I thought you were maybe early thirties or something. So yeah, I did. Oh, thank you. I always yeah. say I have three kids. So I feel like I'm 10 years older than I actually am. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. I, I think you, you look good for 35. Uh, Thanks man. I'll take it. Uh, so uh, yeah, I guess that website, um, yeah, uh, like we did that uh, five five years, I guess. So it was around because uh, I was still doing it a little bit when I finally started stand up. It was around, I guess, yeah, it'd be about two thousand five when I started. Um, and at that point, yeah, I was like, I've been talking about doing stand up for so long that I finally just gave myself an ultimatum. Like, okay, sign up for Wednesday night. And, uh, I remember actually, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but like the very first night I wanted to sign up to go on yucks, I didn't know any better. Right. So I literally just called the club. <laughs> I finally, I mustered up the courage to call the club and it was Howard that answered the phone. I don't know if, I don't think Howard and I've ever even talked about this. Um, 
but I, I'm sure it was Howard. Yeah, it, was, it had to have been Howard because it was a man and he was the only man that worked there. The and time. you just did like an excuse me. Can I please have a spot? Yeah, yeah that's literally <laughs> what I did. I literally did the whole like, hi there. I want to sign up for new talent night. So basically, yeah, I was like, can I sign up for it? now like can you just put me on because i didn't know any better right i didn't know like I, can, I can be there at seven yeah it's not like i expected to be on that night or anything but i yeah. was, i guess in a way it was more just a, for me to find out right like hmm. uh, how do i do this so but uh, like the way i i call i'm like hi i want to sign up for wednesday night and then howard's like okay here's how it works you come down to the club you introduce yourself you say hi i would like to do comedy and uh and then you can call in to sign up for wednesday night and it used to be yeah like just a phone in back then yeah, that's what graham k was telling me yeah it was really uh different like you'd actually have to i mean i had a government job back then so i didn't have to worry about you know call in time it'd be like oh 10 a.m but like it was hard to get through sometimes because literally every comic would be like would trying to call at the same time that's so bonkers yeah. So yeah, I finally got the courage to start, like you said, when I was about 30 and, uh, I, in a lot of ways, I guess I wish I'd started sooner, but, Same here. Um, uh, yeah, like it was just something that, uh, I felt like I was finally ready and it was like, okay, like shit or get off the pot. You've been talking about doing this for so long. So now's the time to try it. So I did that customary thing. My first show ever I did that. I like, I, I was so insecure that I invited like, everybody i knew not everybody i knew but no I'm that's like, a good plan I, though yeah i like stacked the like i i would say that my first night i like maybe 15 or 20 people were there to see me like that, that like i brought you know so like i needed that security blanket right and uh it went okay like i i distinctly remember i've actually thought about i don't know if this is like meta or whatever but like uh i've thought about um Going back to like, I remember that first set. My buddy actually recorded it. I have it on DVD, but I couldn't. I I literally, it, it's. I still have it somewhere in my apartment. But I remember trying to watch it, and I walked out of the room. I was watching it because <laughs> I was still with my ex at the time. We were sitting on the couch, and she's like, "Come on, let's watch it." I'm like, she was there that night, so she remembers it. And I mean, this is a long time ago, right? But I remember, like, I I was still a shitty comedian back then. Uh, you know, this was a long time ago. And even then I was, was the cringe. I was like, I can't watch this. I have to like, I have to leave the room. Um, but I was thinking about, sorry, uh, uh, going off on one of my Trevor tangents here. No, but, no. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that way when they see old pictures of themselves yeah. or they hear their voice from a long time ago or any of that. I've thought about like taking a joke from that night and dissecting it some night, like when I'm fucking around on stage. Like, so I remember my first night and here's a joke. I like actually trying yeah, yeah. to deconstruct it. Like, why the fuck did I think that was funny or something like that? You know? Like, yeah, that'd be know. cool. Examine all the things that went wrong. Maybe, or maybe it's too inside baseball because I just, I remember when I started comedy, it was kind of still at the height or just the tail end of like the heated uh, Leafs-Sens rivalry when they oh, yeah. played each other. Like back then they met in the playoffs every year, basically. And the Sens were always a better the battle team. of Ontario. They would always say Sens were always a better team, but they'd always fall apart in the playoffs and the Leafs would win. So everybody in Ottawa who was a Sens fan was, was just like the hatred back then was so like back when I started comedy, like all you had to do to get an applause break was basically just go up on stage and, 
and uh and say shit on the leaves leaves suck yeah yeah leaves suck you know that's (laughs) because i distinctly remember my first show ever call me mr pander i remember making a leafs joke and uh it i i remember getting a pause break for it and i was like this is fucking easy this is (laughs) and then of course i did the typical thing right where like my second show ever i just completely ate shit did not get a single laugh and I used to do this weird thing when I started. Nobody told me any, any different, right? But um, I would never do the same set. Like, I literally, I mean, first of all, back then, there was only basically one show a month. Like, I started right around when Absolute opened. So if I was, if you were lucky, you could get on both nights on Wednesdays, like, uh, like Yucks and Absolute. But Maybe not. Like if you, you, most time you just, you were lucky if you get one show a month. The first year I did comedy, I did a grand total of 13 shows. And like, so like people are starting out now. They're kind of like, when I say that, they're like, holy shit. That because there's so much more stage time now. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's, you know, even in Ottawa. Right. Like I'm not even talking about Toronto, but yeah. Like I, uh, the first year I did comedy, I, yeah, I only did 13 shows. I, I heard you talking about this and I actually feel like it's pretty similar to what I experienced where like, I, I probably for different reasons, the stage time might've been available, but I was just busy with kids and, and other yeah, parts yeah, of my life. Have, but yeah. I, in, in the same way though, I, I am the kind of person that usually I try to write new shit for every time that I go on stage. I wait a couple months and I, and I come out with some new shit. I don't know why, but yeah. that's kind of how I've always been. But see, that's the thing, because I didn't know any better. And I was this arrogant fuck who was like, oh, I'm not going to go do the same jokes. I basically treated my act like a monologue. Like I would write about, hey, the Dalai Lama's in the news. Hey, you know, <laughs> and, and it was the person who told who set me straight, actually, because the, here's the thing. The first like year I did comedy, Howard never said a word to me. Uh, I didn't talk to anybody. I literally would show up. And uh, I used to wear a suit on stage all the time back then. I don't know why, just the way to stand out, I guess. I would show up and I would, I would sit in the bullpen where all the comics would sit at the old Yucks um, on Albert Street. And I would do my set and I would go home. Uh, and I would never talk to another comedian. Nobody talked to me. Uh, Howard never talked to me. It was basically like I was a year in before Jason, the owner of Absolute, Jason Lawrence was like, Look, here's like every time I see you, you're doing different stuff. You got, you know, like you you got to do, like you got to get six good minutes and do that yeah. six minutes over again. And I was like, it was a revelation. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You want to like hone material, right? I didn't really know. Yeah, but I, I get the other side of it, at least for me, because I, I do agree. It's not a bad idea to have bits you can call on and go back no. to, but Especially like when you're starting out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good advice, but it's also, I understand the urge to, the excitement of doing new material, you know what I mean? And going up on stage and, and it's fun oh, yeah. for oh, you too. Oh, absolutely. Ab- a- yeah, I mean, pardon the pun, but like, I'd, like it's, you totally get that. That's the thing. I'd be so excited because, you know, man, when you come up with something new. Yeah, the, the you want to see if it's going to land. The folly of youth where you're just, you know, so convinced. It's yeah. like, this joke is bulletproof. It's going to murder. The first time I tell it, people are going to be like, this kid is a genius. And then, <laughs> and then crickets, right? Like, I remember the first time, like, a couple of friends of mine came to see me for the first time when I was about maybe six months in. I don't know. Like, I was fucking terrible. And I remember distinctly, I like, it, the Dalai Lama had just met Alanis Morissette. And for some reason I thought I'm going to write three minutes of jokes about this, about 
Oh my God, what must have that been like? And I fucking bombed. Sorry, I assume you can swear on your. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like Wait. I bombed spectacularly, and my friends again, right? The whole like it was their first time seeing me, and I've been talking about, hey, I'm getting, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, right? Like I wasn't going on like I was going to be a star or anything, but I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. This is my my passion. And like afterwards, there was that awkward, I don't know, like when your friend, that's, you know, that's where I kind of got out of the habit of inviting friends because I'd just be so like, if they'd never seen me before and you happen to eat shit, that show. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're going to think of you. Yeah, they're going to be like, well, this guy's fucking delusional, right? I mean, <laughs> like when my parents came to see me for the first time, I'm sure that happened because I wasn't very good and I didn't do that great. And I'm, you know, like, so, I mean, that's uh, still to this day, the only time my mother has ever seen me do stand up. Um, <laughs> she just has to believe that you've gotten better. Yeah. Well, no, because like now they know that I'm like, you know, they, you're getting booked for better. Well, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like they know that I'm, you know, we're like uh, pro whatever. Adjacent. No, no, you have a yeah. solid reputation in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, they don't know about that, I guess, but they but um no, but you just like did my, the Just for Laughs taping, right? Like yeah, yeah, week. yeah. So, I mean, that's a credential right there. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm great. No, I just mean, uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I, uh, no, I, like they, my mom still talks about it in that stereotypical, uh, oh, you, you, you're doing your, your, your jokes. You, like, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like how your parents will be like, uh, you're, you're doing your little comedy routine. Yeah, it'll always be a hobby in their eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what they don't understand, right? Like, it's like, well, it's a hobby, but I mean, like, it's something that I care about. Exactly. Lot, you know, well, and it could potentially develop into something that's yeah. a career in a big way, you yeah, know, well, you know, for some you know. people. Yeah, for a lot of people. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know if that ship might have sailed for me, but I mean, uh, hey, I don't think that's I, really not, the case for having, comedy. No, I know. That's a thing, right? Like you know. I take, I take inspiration in uh, uh, old guys that kind of just, you know, get it together later in life. Yes, yes. Like, like Louis Black, or I don't know. Not so. I mean, Louis Black is really famous, right? But like, he's a guy who like nobody knew who the fuck he was till yeah. he was fifty. Yeah, didn't Morgan Freeman get famous in like his fifties or something? Yeah, or Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah, that's movie. the other I mean, one. Like he was the guy that. I mean, he quit, and uh, I, I mean, these guys are all legends, right? But yeah. just say, like, they, 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 these are the people you point at. Like, he quit, and he worked as like a he sold like aluminum siding for years, and didn't get back into it till he, till he was like in his forties, I think. You know, hmm. like 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 as old as me. So I mean, <laughs> um, no, but it's nice to to remind yourself that like there's no expiration date on on no, talent. You know, no, that's the thing. It's the beauty about comedy is that like it. I mean, yes, it's still like a young person's game in a lot of ways because it's showbiz, right? You know, like it's. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you. I mean, you if you're you can still be funny at sixty. I yeah. mean, you, you know, I mean, I, I mean. With the way I do comedy, I feel like I'm just probably it. You know, as I get older, like my comedy is kind of made to, because, like, I'm a, a kind of a you know a raving lunatic on stage a lot of the time, right? So I mean, you know, like I, I'm gonna be fitting the bill of the crazy old man up on stage yelling. <laughs> yeah, lean into it. The government, or yeah. you know, waggling my jowls and getting all upset. <laughs> Yeah. I like that comedy doesn't discriminate. I mean, the comedy industry at times does, I'm sure, but the art form itself doesn't discriminate. You can be, you know, any race, any gender, any sexual orientation, any, uh, yeah. you can be disabled, you can be whatever. Yeah. And if, as long as you're making people laugh, then you're yeah. still 
killing funny. it as a comedian, you know? It's funny, right? Yeah. Uh, what um, you were saying before I wanted to touch on, though, um, about, you know, having new material versus rehearsed stuff, heavily rehearsed stuff. Um, I just want to say it's a slippery slope. I'm not going to name names, but I've definitely seen some comedians where I haven't seen them perform in like maybe two or three years, maybe just because I wasn't out at the clubs, but then they're still doing the same six minutes that they were doing the first time I saw it. You know, I think there's a, a balancing act there. Oh, yeah. that, 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 that happens a lot. I, I, yeah. It's a, it's an insecurity thing probably too. Right. Because mm. like, and I get it because I, I'm not blaming it. You know, I mean, it's like scary I, to try new shit. Yeah, it's scary to try new shit, yeah. and especially if you haven't been doing it that much. Yeah, and you you want to impress people, and you want to let people know, hey, I'm still good at this. Or the club owner is there that night. Yeah, you're like, oh, I want to, you know, I better do the A material, right? Like yeah. I I uh, actually just on Sunday night I was doing a spot at Absolute, and and uh, Jason was there, and why? And he hadn't seen me in a long time. And like, I had a really good set, like it was, you know, but I, I, I almost changed. Cause like I had a plan, I didn't know he was going to be there. And I was like, well, cause like with me a lot of the time, I don't even know what the hell I'm going to do. And like, like, I'll get up there and be like, okay, you're going to, and then I just, it's not like I'm making stuff up, but it's like, I'm not sure which jokes I'm going to do or what, yeah, yeah. Or what. it's kind of like, off the cuff a what, little bit, yeah. what comes up on the conveyor belt, you know, yeah. when I'm on stage, but I was like, oh, Jason's here. I better do nothing. But the A material, but I didn't, I, I just, I actually was like stuff I wanted to try. And I was like, no, nah, just do the stuff you want to try. Don't, I mean, who cares? Right. Like it's, but that's, but that's, you know, the same mentality, right. I think where you're like, you, 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 you're afraid to try new stuff because you have this stuff that you know works and you want to get booked and the club owner might be there that night. Or even if the owner's not there, people talk, right. Like, Oh, well that guy killed. Right. And who yeah. cares if it's, two or three years. Yeah. But old. having multiple killer bits, that's different. If you, if you have a, like a repertoire you can pull yeah. from, yeah. But I've seen guys where they just have one, six minutes and they're doing it three years later, still the exact same fucking yeah. set. And I'm like, yeah, it's no, just, it's, I don't know. I can't get behind well, that. Really. Yeah. For some people though, maybe that's, you know, like I, okay. There's a guy, um, there's a guy who came up around the same time as I started. I can sound like an old man now, but like there's, um, I, we might've talked, I think one night on Trevor's pad, we were talking about him. I was talking about him with Dom Perret or somewhere. Uh, this guy, uh, George was his name, George Gaddis. And he had like eight minutes. That was just killer. Like he would murder like dynamite eight minutes. And he didn't, I don't know if he really, he didn't have a lot more than that, but like he was really upfront about like he quit. I don't know whatever happened to him. I lost touch with him, but, uh, he was really upfront. He's like, I love my life. I, uh, I have a really good job. I, uh, I live with my girlfriend. I like sports and I like my, you know, like this, I have my eight minutes or whatever. Like I just, he, he, he didn't have that. Like, Oh, you know, come up with 20 and then come up half an yeah. hour. And like, he was just like, no man, I I've got my eight minutes that kills. And he didn't really, you know, it was just like, he didn't have that desire to expand beyond it or, or you know, so like, I mean, for some people, I guess it's, you, you just, you ride, I used to call it riding the six, <laughs> ride, <laughs> ride the six. Yeah. That's a good expression for it. Yeah, yeah. I used to, um, at the beginning, especially, I think, cause I was like you, I didn't really talk to a lot of the other comics. I was worried about doing the same material in front of people that I knew, like co other comics that had already seen it and thinking yeah. that they would think, I was boring or, or yeah. I wasn't, you know, original enough no. or something like that. Yeah, and then you realize that. that's the opposite for the most part. 
Yeah, it's also, but that's what I like about, uh, to me, rooms like workout rooms, like yeah. Swizzles, Meow That's Hot, and or Swizzles, swizzles or, or yeah. Poor Boy. Um, or a bureaucracy back in the day. Sure, oh, bureaucracy. Sweaty basement. Bureaucracy was a great room. It was yeah. like I, I moved to my place, which is almost right across the street from there, like right before it closed, unfortunately. But uh, it sucked. I was so excited. I'm going to be right across the street from bureaucracy. I'll be able to hop over there every <laughs> show. And then like literally the show stopped on like a, two weeks after I moved here, I think. But anyway, that uh, sucks. Yeah, but the good thing about rooms like that is uh, you, 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 you like for me at least, I, I try to treat those shows like uh, – generally like okay try you know it's a this is a good excuse to try new stuff because when everybody in the room is a comedian and it's like i'm not gonna go up and do shit that these people have seen me do yeah a dozen times you're gonna experiment right? like what's what's the point right so it's like yeah i mean every now and then you know maybe throw in a joke that you know will work or whatever like if there are civilians there who aren't comics but like a lot of the time when you're performing for only comics which is a pretty frequent occurrence at a lot of open mics especially in toronto um it's like you have to challenge yourself it's like okay you, you gotta try new stuff because well, and it's nice knowing that they understand the process so they're if, yeah. you, if you eat dick on a joke they're gonna get it like okay we're all here trying stuff out you know yeah so you it's the just, pressure off don't don't do and i'm not saying i've never done this in my life but just just don't do the oh that was a new one sorry like it's a pet peeve of mine i'm not yeah. saying i've never done it in my life but i get just sometimes when comics like they use that like when they try something new, new it doesn't work and they're like oh that was a new one it's like hey and then <laughs> you get it, yeah. okay yeah. like yeah okay yeah i don't know it's um i i wanted to ask you because i know that you eventually you were signed with yuck yucks right when you moved out to toronto Oh yeah, that was way before. I so yeah, I uh, I signed with the Yucks, whatever. You know, uh, yeah, I would, like what happened with me is that the first, like I said, the first year, year and a half, even I don't know, like nothing. Like I didn't get. I was I would do comedy once a month, maybe twice a month on Wednesdays, and then maybe a couple years in, I started to get it started to get some laughs and Howard finally started to talk to me. And uh, yeah, it was maybe a year after that where they asked, like they asked me to sign. So, but I mean, uh, yeah, I was like signed with the yucks from that, like, I don't know. Oh, Oh seven, maybe till I didn't move to Toronto till 2013 though. And so, you were still signed with them at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But then I like, uh, why'd you go back to being like an independent artist? Uh, I mean, it's, well, yucks. No, no, it's, it's, it's uh, so yucks just kind of, I mean, I guess this ties into the whole Toronto period, which was kind of, uh, I mean, in from every metric by five years in Toronto, we were just kind of, uh, I mean, a failure, I guess you call it, but like, I, I just, well, they, did you make they, good memories out there? I don't know. Not really. No. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> Jay, Jay, I miss the two things I miss about Toronto are going to Jay's games. No, three things going to the Island Jay's games and the bar I used to drink at. That's about it. But uh, no, it was just, they stopped giving me work. And uh, instead of just like, I guess some people that's like, I don't know. They just, uh, I could have just, stayed official like they don't really cut people off the roster they just let you linger and yeah. 
I don't know. But then I, you're like, you can work for other clubs if you're. Yeah, it's a really, them. well, that was kind of my argument, right? Was uh, like, okay, if we have this exclusivity agreement, it's like, okay, I'm holding up my end of the bargain by not working at rival clubs. So um, give me gigs. Yeah. Can you like maybe give me some work in exchange for that? Because it's, yeah. it's not like I was bombing like i was doing all right like i wasn't headlining i was only middling but i mean i was i don't know i was just kind of in a couldn't get any traction and then when i left i like uh like i spoke to mark breslin and uh his advice was uh maybe you should move back to ottawa and i was so i mean in hindsight i mean i finally took it i mean it wasn't a couple of years after he said that but i was like yeah i guess he was right i don't know yeah. uh well, you seem to be thriving here well, Howard always would be like, you never should have even gone there, but it was something I wanted to try, I guess. And I don't know. I, I and it would have bugged you if you didn't, you would always yeah, be wondering, exactly, you know, exactly. yeah. I, I like it. I like it better here. I, I like, I actually, you know, like on stage, sometimes I turn into like Mr. Civic booster for Ottawa, but ever since I've come back to Ottawa, I, I have turned into that where I'm, Dude, like, I'm getting into being like a, a history nerd for Ottawa now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I, I'm like, I, like I guess I just get sick of everybody always denigrating Ottawa's. Yeah, we get shit on a lot. And it's like it's like yeah, okay. I the weather blows. I understand where it comes from, but at the same time, like if you're from Toronto and you're doing that, I start to get kind of prickly. So like, shut the fuck up, okay? Like yeah. no. It, but that's probably just my inner resentment from failing in Toronto that I'm just living. Out. Yeah, but I don't know that I would want to live in Toronto. I mean, it's much more dangerous. Eh, it's. Not, I don't know. It's not even that. I don't. For me, it's, but I don't. Know. Are you? Are you from Ottawa? Or you, yeah, I'm born and raised here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never really I, I, lived outside of Ottawa. No, I, I think I thought you were from around here. I just wasn't sure if you were like. like where did yeah, you no, I didn't. I never did the like going to university. Oh. I, I went to college um, yeah. in the city, and right. then I got married young and had kids and shit, and then I got divorced, right. and so I've had a lot of things tying me to to yeah. the city. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, when you have kids. So where where did you go to high school? I went to Colonel By. So Colonel same. By. actually, I remember oh. Tom Green coming to our school when I was in grade nine and, and he oh. came with Monica Lewinsky and went on the like, PA oh, system. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Beacon, Beacon Hill. Or- yes, Beacon Hill. Yeah, that was my hood when I grew up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know that area fairly well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to I just- Lester B for grade seven and eight. I don't know if you know where that right. is. Lester yeah, B. that's a Catholic high school, right? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I was in. I was in Catholic school till grade eight. Not that uh, my family's Catholic. It was no. just like the best school in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I still kind of resent to this day because I have a lot of Catholic guilt that doesn't really belong there because I'm not. No, you got drilled into you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I felt like the black sheep because I was the only one who wasn't baptized. So I never got to eat the little bread during oh. all the church things oh. we would go to. I was always ostracized, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It seems like a little thing, but it fucks you up when you're a kid a little bit, you know. <laughs> you feel like. Sure. Yeah. No, you're I, not going to heaven or some shit. <laughs> going to be in purgatory or. Yeah. No, that's how I. I can like, that's why I just asked where you went to high school. And I was because I can remember uh, like getting my ass kicked in soccer by all those schools. When I was in high school. Yeah. We, yeah. Was, yeah. I was not a sports guy in high school. Good time. Good time. Yeah. No, um, I suck at sports, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, like now I'm, I'm a pretty fit person. Now I do at least my home workouts and shit and I'm, I'm getting yeah. archery. Archery was archery. Thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm a Sagittarius maybe, but. Are you good um, at darts too? Yeah, I'm not bad at darts. I mean, it's not something I do regularly, but I've You're done all right. You're probably good at darts, right? And pool, like, I've had my good pool games too. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a pro, but I get lucky sometimes. Okay, yeah. Um, 
Well, yo, I want to ask you uh, where the idea to start Trevor's pad, like the real version came from, because I've done that show a couple of times and it's awesome. And you set up like your pseudo apartment on stage. You got the Habs jersey and yeah, uh, you yeah. know, a little table and shit. So mm-hmm. when when did that start? It's been a few years now, right? Uh, it was right around when I moved back to Ottawa. Uh, Howard offered it to me right around when I moved back. I guess I was kind of like, uh, it's funny. I only... Yeah, it's three years ago now, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah, right. So, yeah, because I moved back three years ago. I moved back officially in March of 18. And then around, like, right around when I moved back, he was like, well, what, you know, like your own show. Like, he, I was like, hey, that's great. That's awesome. Okay, so, so uh, yeah, it was very cool of him to offer And Sunday that. night's not a bad night either. Yeah, so the, there's actually a backstory though that is kind of left out so back in like 2008 uh there used to be yucks had a satellite room at the prescott i've been there yeah absolute yeah and uh it started out like way back then howard's like what if you had like it was going to be my own sunday night show it was originally it was like going to be every week every sunday night and uh within I think three weeks, the Prescott was like, no, we're just we. So the first couple shows, there weren't a lot of people that got out uh, that did like wasn't much of an audience. After two shows, they're like, we don't want to bring people in to work on Sunday night. We're just not going to open the club on Sunday night. So yeah. it, last, it lasted three shows. This was 2008. And uh, coincidentally, the or not so the, the third show um the final one back then actually had a great crowd and great turnout. It was a really fun night. But anyway, that was the end of us. That was 2008. And like, we came up like the joke back then even was that I, like, Oh, I, I live there. Trevor's Pat. Right. So, yeah. so I guess when I moved back, like, I mean, literally 10 years later, uh, you know, like the idea of resurrecting it was like Howard's like, well, what, you know, so it just, it, it's great that uh, it turned into, it was uh, started. It was the, the first Sunday, <clears throat> excuse me, the first, uh, wow. I was going to ask you if you wanted to, to do a digital 420 with me here, but you, you yeah. sounded like you just took a huge dope and yet no yeah, joint. I guess that was a weed cough from like uh, the joint I smoked last night, I guess. I don't know. It was really, I know. I reaction. Yeah, yeah. I, or I don't know. I, I do have a bit of a weed cough now, probably from them. My, my marijuana consumption during the, the pandemic has gone up like 400%. I'd say that's true about a lot of people. I think a lot of people could probably say I never used to be a daily weed smoker until like the last 10, 11 months. No, I never, I was like, I liked weed and I liked edibles, but it's just, I drink less. So I like, you know, cause I, I drink too much. Weed is a nice, uh, I, I like weed more and I like booze now, but. Um, well, it's nice with weed that you can really select the strains that'll give you the kind of experience yeah, that you want. Yeah. With drinking, just, you're still going to get drunk. There's no like uplifting drunk versus, no, you know, well, yeah. I, mean, I guess. I find, I find a wine drunk is, uh, I like more. Yeah. But the, the oh. problem with wine drunks is that, uh, the, the hangovers are terrible. Oh, champagne's the worst. Yeah. The sugar and yeah. oh, top it like. But uh, yeah, I'm a beer I, guy. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like. I just, but I beer, know. you got to watch the belly. Then starts to. I know. Well, see, you. that's happening to me too because, like, I've, I've, uh, I was running and staying in decent shape. But yeah, the last couple of months, I have no desire to exercise. I'm drinking too much beer. I went for a little walk just this afternoon. Like, I walked for about an hour and a bit. Yeah. And even just an hour long walk, I'm like, 
okay, well, I guess that's exercise. I don't know. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm really, uh, letting myself go but I, it's well i uh, one cheat that i've done in the past for sure is getting into fasting definitely helps if you don't uh yeah. if you want to still be able to eat pizza and drink like, yeah you won't have like a, a you know olympic athlete's body but it'll keep the the heavy stuff from coming on yeah i actually was doing that i kind of still do it every now and then where like a lot of days i don't eat anything yeah. till like afternoon Yes. that's the best time have a big meal yeah. at like three in the afternoon and then don't eat again till the next yeah. time tomorrow yeah yeah well same yeah. time well 24 yeah, hour fast it's it's doable yeah 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 it's uh anyway i lost we got off on a tangent there when i had yeah, yeah. I, um, <laughs> it was the first sunday of every Trevor's month. bad yes the first sunday of every month uh uh so i missed two super bowls because of it which kind of sucked but uh <laughs> Did you get good audiences though? Anti-sports audiences that came out? Not really, no. No, I... it was a miserable. Like I tried to get people out, but it's like getting people out against the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> we had okay, like when there was an audience. There was some people, but it was. Well, that's an underdog story. But then man. after the pandemic, uh, it came back as every Wednesday, and then uh, Howard cut it back to like after a while to just the last Wednesday of every month. Yeah, so that's kind of its current place now although uh i don't know who knows when there'll actually be an actual trevor's pad again yeah like they're like yeah march there would have been one on on last wednesday night the 31st right last wednesday of the month but the club's like already decided even before the lockdown announcement uh part three that they weren't going to be opening on they were only going to be opening Friday and Saturday, uh, Sunday. And that's the new location, the temporary yeah, location. That's yeah, it's new temporary location. But now they're not going to be open at all, right? Because like all the clubs have to close again. So yeah, yeah, it started as a uh, way back then initially, like ten years ago, or well, thirteen years ago now. But uh, yeah, its current iterations, it's been about three years now. Yeah. Right on. Uh, well, let's talk about the transition to the online version then. And uh, it pretty much happened at the onset of the pandemic. You got up and running pretty quick. And I know you had a team helping you out, like Tavis, yeah. was, Tavis was yeah. doing some writing and, yeah. and uh, yeah. Mike Timofi and eventually Lorenzo took over for him as the, the after show co-host. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, what was that? I, I read online or maybe I heard it somewhere, a podcast you did where you were talking about how it was a, a weird transition, having to remind yourself to actually like look at the camera and connect oh, yeah. with the audience digitally yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, it was a big adjustment. Um, it, yeah, it was just a... Uh, I don't know. It was a whim, really. It was on St. Patrick's Day where I think a couple people would start, you know, like people from other cities or wherever have been like, oh, I'm going to do a Zoom show or I'm yeah. going to, you know, and I just, I was like, hey, I literally, I mean, I, you know, it's a running gag on my show. My technical knowledge is kind of lacking, but I was like literally just going to do it on my phone and I'm just going to stand in front of my TV and I'm just going to basically talk for like, you know, because uh, I think the first show, I think, I don't know if, if Tavis was even like on board or I, I can't remember if it, like, cause Mike, I posted something about it and Mike jumped on it right away. Like, okay, yeah, let's, you know, let's get a writing team together and let's create a Google doc. And it was basically just turned into like Tavis and, and yeah, like, yeah. It was Tavis. a great concept for a show though. Yeah. Pandemic prime time. You did like yeah. a monologue. Yeah. Like 
yeah, like, late night style. And then you would interview people from around the city, from the yeah, comedy community. And sure. The, the idea was basically, yeah, kind of like a really low rent, low budget kind of late night talk show where like yeah. you do a monologue off the top and then you do a post show, like with the virtual couch where you have a different guest or, and Mike would like, um, Mike had this running gag where he, uh, he, he would, um, you know, basically just insult me profusely in terms of like picking apart stuff I said in the show and trying to like turn yeah. it into something controversial and like, Oh, uh, like an anti sidekick. Yeah, for sure. Like really like, you know, <laughs> they're like, Oh, so uh, at this point you were critical of Margaret Thatcher. Why do you hate all women? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> kind of baiting leading questions. So there was a lot of that. And uh, yeah. So the first uh, 35 shows, the first five weeks, we literally, did a show every night, um, 35 so nights badass. straight, which was, yeah, by the end, of, like after a month or so, it got to the point where it was like, okay, I don't know if like every night that's asking a lot. Right. And so it was <laughs> after, draining. Yeah. And it was about that time where like Mike stepped aside because he wanted to do other stuff. So we treated like we had a gag on the show that, uh, Mike came up with actually, that he died, uh, right. That he died of COVID. And, <laughs> Yeah, so some people were a little put off by that, but who gives a oh, shit? I think it's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, so then Lorenzo came in to take over after that point. I th so then we cut back to like three nights a week, I guess. I think it was like was it? Yeah. So and now you're doing two, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's enough. Right now, it's still I, like two nights a week is probably I don't know maybe like two or three is probably enough because there is a lot of work that goes into it um you know in terms of the writing and i mean uh yeah you don't have to spread so many jokes out over five days yeah, yeah production values and all that. like uh it's it's uh tuesday nights and friday nights uh right now so tonight yeah, yeah tonight 9 p.m so yeah we gotta get the show ready you got one of the hill brothers right tonight one of the Hill brothers, Lewis Hill, will be. And the there. other one's next week, I think. Aaron is yes, it's Hill Week, or yeah. So <laughs> tonight's Lewis, who's been on. He was on a while ago, and he was a big hit because he's a. Uh, he was playing some tunes from his new album. Yeah, he's and, a great dude. Uh, yeah, and he. Uh, he's know, really he talented might, musically, might, for sure. He might do some requests tonight. I don't know, but yeah, so we do that every. Uh, every every Tuesday and Friday right now, and uh, like I said, it, um. I, I would like to keep doing it even into the foreseeable future. I don't know, because like there were times the first run where I was like, uh, I don't know, like I would get through phases where I'm like, uh, I think I've had enough of this and I'm sick of this. And like, uh, it goes like, up and I, down. I was working as a courier still then. And like, there'd be days where I had to work late and I'd literally have to race home. Just Put on to a suit. Like, okay. Just to like get on a suit and like, yeah. okay find pictures on the internet and like okay you know what that's cool though man because if yeah. you showed up to one of those episodes and seem kind of disgruntled or whatever like no yeah. one's gonna notice because no, i know of your, your it's gang, my you stick, know? right yeah, yeah. The, the, the rumpled hairy like it ah, makes it even more genuine exactly yeah. oh i hate my life you know <laughs> so yeah after uh, the first season we call it went up until july um when so the clubs reopened it was like middle of july like around july 20th i think last year so yeah until like august or yeah for like four months like from march to august uh, till july last year nothing was open no yeah. shows there was nothing the comedy clubs were closed so then in july we stopped doing it because well the clubs are open right but like even then it was like well i mean watch this space we'll be back uh so we started up again 
well, when everything closed again in October, I guess it was. So we did the show again for about a month in October when everything, there's 30, like 28 days shut down. And uh, we, you know, like that, that's what we refer to now as season two. Yeah. Uh, probably the least regarded of the three seasons so far, if you want. Like, I don't know. It was like kind of like there were some shows there where it was like, I don't know, should we still keep doing this? Anyway, then the clubs open again in, I guess, like early November. And so we stopped doing it again for a while. But then, sure enough, uh, come December, yeah, uh, mid-December, Christmas. It was right on Christmas when everything shut down again because yeah. the, there was a Trevor's pad on December twenty third, and then the lockdown basically started at Christmas. And, so and the same thing was, is happening now, right? They're yeah, locking down right before Easter. Yeah, and everything was shut down. Basically, the clubs were closed from Christmas till about February twentieth ish, I think. So about two months where they were closed. So we've been doing the show again every Tuesday and Friday for two, over three months now. Um, and nice. yeah, no and you, yeah, it's like over 100 episodes now. Yeah, we just had our 100th Crazy. episode two weeks ago. So we're one year slash 100th episode anniversary. So yeah, tonight I guess will be 104 of them, crazily enough. So oh, yeah. And I saw a theme song too now you guys got. Theme song and yeah, like recurring characters of sorts and... Uh, well, and you were featured on CBC for this, weren't you? Yeah, there was a brief little piece. Not to, like it wasn't like a ten-minute piece or something. No, but it was on yeah. television, right? Yeah, it, it was just, on TV. Yeah. There was a brief interview where, like, I literally. So I again, I was working as a courier at the time, and I had to do my interview. I literally parked the van and had my phone set up on the dash, and I'm sitting there in the van doing my interview with the reporter from CBC. And uh, like, yeah, I looked like I was half asleep, I think, because I literally didn't work. I was That's like, hi. The glamorous, awesome you got the recognition. The glamorous world of comedy. But yeah, it was cool. We got some credit for uh, some recognition. Um, yeah, it's. I uh, almost like, mentioned it more because I know you're a fan of the CBC, which I am, I, I am as well. Yeah. And I know uh, I wanted to ask you because my dad is a large reason that I listened to CBC just cause in the car driving around when I was a kid, I would always hear it like quirks and quarks and mm-hmm. shows like that. And um, so I want to know why you have such a, an affinity uh, for the CBC other than being yeah, Canadian. It's not, you know? it's not, it's not from my parents. My parents are not CBC people. My parents are talk radio more listening people. They're like, they're, they thought the CBC is a little uh, highfalutin for them. I think mm. I, I don't know. You know, I got into it. I, I got, I got into, I got into CBC radio <laughs> talking about it. Like it's drugs or something. It's badass, um, yeah. You know what? I really think I started developing appreciation for CBC radio when I started to drive. Um, yeah, same I, just, here. I yeah. would listen to it in my car radio and like I was going to Ottawa U and living in Metcalf. So I would drive into school and drive and I was working pretty much full time at a shoe store as well back then. So I was just always on the go in between work and school. And I just listened to it in the car a lot. And I kind of developed a love for uh, grizzled. Like, I don't know if you, do you remember Peter Zosky? You remember Peter Zosky? No, I don't think so. Maybe if I heard him. Peter Zosky was the host of the morning show, Morningside, it was called. And he I was, don't usually listen in the mornings. It's an yeah, afternoon thing for me. Yeah, he was a national institution. He died about mm, 20 years ago, maybe. Uh, I know Alan Neal is, is my smoked, guy smoked himself to death. He was a nationwide guy. Right. But that was kind of, oh, like okay, the first, okay. he was the first guy I listened to. I was like, 
oh man, this is really, you know, it kind of gave me an interest in broadcasting and re- it always regretted the fact I never went into radio myself. I really think I, w- I, I mean, it's never too late. Right. But like, I, yeah. I have a, I love radio. I still listen to the radio, which makes me a fucking old fogey to begin with. Right. I, like I guess that, I'm, you know? I'm guilty too. Yeah. No, cause like the, the kids today, right. Like they don't listen to like, I get, you know, but I, I, yeah, I just love, I don't like the music that comes out anymore for the most part. I'm turning uh, old in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to music too right like even uh, but like i i uh i yeah i just i i the i guess really is from exposure to it from like just driving around and like uh and the, the person i was dating at the time was was like into cbc like we would talk about cbc radio shows a lot and uh yeah quirks and be funny you bring like i like i used to be able to i could recite the entire broadcast schedule of the cbc like oh what's all you know but yeah alan neal's cool he's a the, the drive home guy um yeah 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 in ottawa yeah, i had him on this show once i uh, oh really I, yeah yeah I, I knew him sort of when i was a kid in grade yeah. eight or whatever i was in a drama camp and he i don't know what his role was he kind of helped with the not a camp i shouldn't say it was like a year-round thing like a drama club but it was community-based as opposed to a school thing i met some friends there and we did a play at the end or something but i guess because he was in broadcasting and he was a friend of the uh the lady that was running our thing she brought him in he he used he used to be like a contributor on the morning show way back in the in the day um uh when john lasherity was the host of the morning show talk about being an ottawa history nerd uh and I think that's how he got his start on CBC. And yeah, he's great. He's, yeah, uh, he's super nice. He's also, uh, yeah, he's got like, a, I don't know him, but, but like he's, people have said like he's genuinely the nicest guy in, in town. Yeah. Well, I, I think I told this story recently, but when he came on my show, my computer, I thought it was plugged in all the way and it wasn't. So it died halfway through the interview and I had to scramble for like 15 minutes emailing him like, hold on, hold on. And he was so nice about it when we finally got things up and running in, in a second shittier computer. Yeah. But um, yeah, great yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I want to say everyone who's seen you knows that you're a, uh, a master of the comedic rant. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple ranting related things I wanted to do here. Um, first of all, I want to know what you think are the three most important traits of a solid rant. Oh, wow. This is great. This is like a, this is like a ro- rolling <laughs> this is your bread and butter. question. Uh, well, uh, first and foremost, uh, not to sound like Bill Hicks, but like, you know, you used to play from your heart. Like it's, it's something that actually impacts you personally that actually, cause to me, the thing is like, what makes, I guess me funny in that respect is that it's who I am and it's stuff that a lot like genuinely does irritate me, you know, yeah. like, I the mean, I, compl- is palpable. I complain about like shitty jobs I've had since I quit working in the government. That's kind of become my whole shtick. I'm like this guy who's like, you know, like I play up this whole angle where I go up on stage now and like, I'm, you know, I'm old enough. Like I'm not an old man, but like to people who's 20, 22, I seem like an old man. Right. Or I have like a cautionary tale, like, listen up, kids. Okay, yeah. I sound like Don Cherry there, but like, okay, when, you know, like you're, you're going to get told like to follow your dreams. And I'm just here, wait a second, when you're told to live, you know, like I'm more like a demotivational speaker. I'm kind of, you know, where I like, like that's kind of my shtick, right? Where like I go on and where I'm like, here's how things can go wrong, uh, yeah. you know, and how you wind up delivering cupcakes when you're 40, 40, <laughs> you know, whatever. So like it comes like when, okay, that's, yeah. So the heart. Right. So it's got to come from a place of actual uh, rage, I guess, passion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just, I think, 
a bit of knowledge of the subject probably helps too. Although you just, so you don't sound like a complete idiot in terms of like, you're just making stuff up. Do a although, bit of research. Yeah. The audience might not know one way or the other. Right. But, uh, it, it just, uh, yeah. So the passion knowledge and, uh, well, I mean, being able to get the, like, I feel like a lot of what I do, or I don't know, it's got like, um, rhythm right or even like mm -hmm. cadence like singing or it's kind of like getting the beats yeah, down yeah. pat where like as to know what to say at what point and when to stop and when to just not say so anything intuition almost yeah like it just or like yeah like uh well that just comes with time right from doing the mm -hmm. joke over and over again or it's like the best compliment i think i've ever had uh or one it was like uh what greg houston a couple of years ago said like it seems like you're just kind of off the cuff making it up. Like I know when, when it's going well, it's like, I can make it seem, I guess, like it's something that it doesn't feel like an act. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not like, I mean, I'm actually, it seems like I'm just making it up spontaneously as I'm yeah. up there. So that's the beauty of like, what is where, because in real life, right. Like I, I get this from my dad, I guess. Right. When I get agitated, I really do turn in like I get flustered and I start, you know, like I start to like Lewis Black does that too, right? Like, no, yeah. like, I don't, like ripping off his act where you get kind of like, you know, you know, we're like, because that's really how I talk. So it's really just they say like it's like, uh, like comedy or wrestling or any like entertainment, right? Like they talk about it's always said you, you, um, it's easier to be successful or like if you're authentic, it's like, if you like your character or who you are on stage is kind of a reflection of who you really are. Then yeah. it's like, it just seems natural. So I feel like me on stage, it's just an extension, a slightly amped up version of who I am in real life, which is why I feel more. I think comfortable audiences have an easier time connecting with someone that they feel is being yeah. genuine. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's authenticity, I guess. Mm. I mean, I guess that's it kind of ties into your like question about the three elements, authenticity. Yeah. Auth that, that, those that, are perfect. That's, that's a word. Authenticity. Pa okay. Let's see if I passion, remember. knowledge, passion, knowledge, authenticity. That's and, perfect. And, and, uh, and well, just the, the actual physical delivery of like someone like Bill Hicks, right? Like I, I brought him up beforehand, but like the, the, like the, the technical, like the delivery, the bit like he was the best at technically just like his ability to like use the mic and control it to make noises and sounds and like hold you know just even little things right like how far you hold the mic away and because like i'm pretty loud right so like i you know even just learning when i you know i used to be like pop the mic all the time because i just rule it right it's like no you got like that's what you'll see like when i'm on stage a lot of the time I've got the mic like way down here. Oh, interesting. It's still, it's still picking up what I'm saying. You don't have to worry, you know, but it's like, because if I hold it too close to my mouth, um, yeah, everyone's going to go deaf. Blow out everybody's ears, yeah. Yeah, like I only feel like, um, it's only since I moved back to Ottawa in the last three years that like, I feel like I'm actually like good at comedy now. Like it's t even the last couple of years where I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing now. Cause even when I was a signed comic with the yucks before I moved to Toronto and I was a pro and I went to C Toronto to do comedy, I just, all that time, I just like, I'd never, it didn't really make me better. Cause like the last, there was like a stretch of like a couple of years in Toronto towards the end where I literally 
stop doing comedy. Like I went a, like about a year, like a calendar year where like, I don't think I was on stage once. Oh, wow. I, just, I just gave up. I just was like, I was like, you know, so like it made sense. I was like, at that point I was like in a job that I hated and I was like, why the hell am I even here? Why, like, why not move back to Ottawa? Like you can see it as a, you can take it as a, uh, an admission of failure. And like, I joke about it all the time, but at the same time, it's like, what, like who fucking cares? Especially yeah. in the world we live in now. It's like, who cares? Gotta be happy. Live? Yeah. Who cares where you live? I mean, it's so, it's so much easier to like do this where like, there's this idea you have to go to Toronto. Right. And I mean, if you're 21 years old and really ambitious, it still makes sense. But like in a lot of ways, I think my advice, if especially if you're like, I didn't move there till I was like 38, but it's like, don't, you don't have to buy into this myth, you know, like you can make your own thing in boring little Ottawa. And, yeah. And you can still tour too, right? If sure. You, sure. I well. mean, or yeah, if you can get a thing together with a couple other comics and go on the road or whatever. It, it's harder to get on radars, but I mean, at the same time, like, and I mean, I, you know, we talk about this all the time, but like we, like Ottawa has a really good reputation comedically, like around the country, like we punch above our weight for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yay, okay. Ottawa. I want to ask you another ranting question. Um, sure. you, you probably already mentioned a couple of them, but if you had a comedic ranters like Mount Rushmore, so to speak, who would be on it? I, I was thinking possibly Lewis Black. I had written that down, but... Uh, yeah, Lewis Black is a... I personally, in terms... See, I guess it depends on like the definition of the term rant because there are guys that I really respect and admire that I see as role models that I, I don't know if you'd call them. I think even so. Carlin was a ranter to some. No, degree. Carlin was definitely a ranter, yeah. but Carlin was also like so different in that he was like, Carlin was like, Carlin was almost like he was doing a routine. Like it didn't seem like he, cause he was so good that, but like, cause he was very much like, no misplaced word. He would meticulously yeah. write Very out intelligent his bits. Writing. Oh yeah. Like yeah. he meticulously write out his bits and yeah, Carlin was a ranter to be, yeah. Carlin. There's so many. There's like Dennis uh, Leary. Yeah. I'm not a big Dennis Leary fan. He's okay. I, well, I love his acting, but his stand-up I, is kind of hit or miss with me. I talked about this on Trevor's pad. I'm not a big Dennis Leary fan because I am a Bill Hicks guy like, and Dennis Leary straight up, stole a lot of okay the, i heard like, this recently but i uh, i wasn't sure if that was true or not someone else told no, me there's documented proof of it oh, yeah? and, and and bill hicks manager confronted him about it this was when bill hicks was still alive and uh hmm. there no the famous story was his manager uh she went it was uh i forget her name but like she basically confronted him right after his set where she was like and they were, they were buddies. Like they were friends. Right. So that's why it's even worse. Yeah, that's right? like, like she looked at him like Dennis, you just did Bill's act. Those are Bill's jokes. And he looked at her and he turned away and didn't say a thing, but it's like, that's yeah. one of these things that civilians don't give a shit about. Right. They, no, don't, care. Well, they don't care. They don't really don't care. They just like, yeah, whatever. Jokes I remember people cool. gave Dane cook shit for stealing. Dane cook stuff. had a bad rep for it. Uh, Carlos. Yeah. Mencia, well, I mean, well, so, yeah, you know, that was, <laughs> there, there are guys working in Canada. I'm not going to say names. Well, there's one guy in particular who's notorious 
for stealing. Like everybody knows he does it, but he keeps sure. getting booked because he's, you know, it's Canada. And anyway, whatever. That bums me out to hear about Dennis Leary though, because I mean, stand up wise, I've only ever seen no cure for cancer. I think it's yeah. special. Asshole's a great song. Asshole's a great song. A great but song. I used to love him on rescue me. I watched yeah, uh, seasons of that. That was it. Really I, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't want to go off on an aside there. I'm sure. I don't know what, but like it, it's just, you don't know unless you were there, I guess, but they it's were something. friends. They were friends. Yeah. That's messed up. And I mean, the way Bill Hicks, died at like 32 of a disease that normally doesn't hit anyone until they're like in their 50s or 60s it's like so that's added to his myth right it's like hendrix dying young or something you know like he was he died so young but uh yeah sorry uh dennis leary uh, uh like one of my favorites a guy that i admire a lot is uh stanhope and uh, oh, yeah. uh he's I, I mean i don't know will you call him a ranter i don't know i don't know I mean, some like sometimes he goes off on the where like I, I would say it's kind of, yeah, but he's I would say uh, most comedians rant from time to time, but there are certain comedians um, like Lewis yeah. Black where they're just always ranting and that's kind of their thing, you know. I don't like I, again. I don't know if I call him a ranter per se, but like a guy that I res like a guy who's a role model uh, is Mark Maron. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, he does rant. You know, in a yeah, way. I get older he gets a couple times in my life. Like uh, people have, or, like I've, like they've been like you. You're I, like, I remember my uh, old boss um, uh, from a couple of years ago. A job I had. He was like, "Oh, what, what stand up should I watch on Netflix or whatever?" And at that time, I think I just seen like a Marin special. I was like, "Oh, I just watched this one." He didn't even know who Mark Marin was at the time. And he watched it and then he texted me. He's like, dude, that guy is you. I'm like, eh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a lot more better, but uh, yeah, St uh, I don't Bill know. Bill Burr, I guess is. Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr is, I love, I love Bill Burr. I know Bill Burr uh, is divisive to some, you know, some. I think his stuff's pretty smart, man. Extremely woke people don't like, uh, but uh, I built. I feel like he shuts that down very oh, eloquently yeah. and well, explains everything. And if you yeah. listen to his joke, you're like. Yeah. And the thing I like about him, though, I mean, I, I listen to his pod. I, I'm a big Bill Burr. I can't believe I didn't bring him up, actually, because, yeah, he's like uh, another guy who like he's only really finding his stride now, I feel right. Like, I mean, he's been around forever and he's been funny for a long time. But right now. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's huge. He's a king of like in I mean, Star Wars. Huh? <laughs> to, to me, if you ask me right now, who's the best stand-up comedian in the world? I would, I would personally, I would say Bill Burr. I know um, a lot of people would say Chappelle. Yeah, I was going to say a lot. Of people. I mean, Chappelle is great too, but I, to me, Bill Burr is, he's yeah, he's he's on top of his game right now. Oh yeah, sure. he's killing he's, it. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, he's very rant based. He. I don't know. I feel like our, our fathers were kind of similar for sure. Um, so, oh, from F is for family. Yeah. Or, or just the way, the way, or the, yeah. The way he talks about his family too. You know, yeah. But uh, yeah. Burr, um, uh, Marin. Uh, I feel like we have enough for a uh, Mount Rushmore there. I think that's like, yeah, that's point. Mount Rushmore plus. Well, plus like, I, again, I mean, not, I mean, I don't know if I, Bill Hicks is kind of like, uh, I mean, someone i still it seems lame almost you know like to oh name checking bill hicks like so you know because like I, I know a lot of a lot of really shitty comedians also really they all like they think they're bill hicks because they go up there and don't get laughs and like oh i'm a truth teller like bill hicks it's like <laughs> 
no, you're just bad at this. Yeah, I'm not so, understood in my time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but, uh, Bill Hicks was, but you know what? I, I never even heard of Bill Hicks till after I'd already started stand-up. I had no idea who he was before I did. Yeah, I heard about him on Rogan. I think Rogan was talking about him and then I sort of started yeah. looking up his shit. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he's been dead for God, all going on 30 years in the early nineties. Right. I he think. died in 94. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's, he, like, yeah, he died basically right within a month of Kurt Cobain. I oh, shit, I didn't know I that. Remember, yeah, yeah. I know, it's weird how I remember this stuff. But, uh, I'm kind of like that, too. Um, yeah. I, we're actually going to go into that in a bit because I, I heard you were a trivia man. So um, oh, Okay, oh no, oh, no. But here's a, a ranting thing I came up with. I want to do something called rant or relax, where I'm going to mention a topic or something that people are divisive about and you tell me if it's worth ranting about or if people need to relax oh this is great i love it because <laughs> so the, pe the pepe le pew canceling that's the first thing i was gonna oh, ask you relax i'm yeah <laughs> people I'm, need to relax i am so tired of old white guys bitching about that shut the fuck up yeah relax i don't and to me that's not an example of woke call it's just chill the fuck out that but that's the right wing outrage machine right like Fox News, now I'm going on a rant about how other people are ranting about it, but like yeah. the, the right wing echo chamber, okay, right wing media, they, they just, it's all they have. They just keep finding fresh meat to make their base angry. Like, look at what these liberals are doing now. Yeah. They're taking out an irrelevant skunk cart because you know what? N no joke. I like, I was like flipping around the channels uh, like a few years ago. Cause I'm an old man. It still has cable. And I remember a Pepe Le Pew where I've like, remember thinking at the time, like, man, yeah, this is like, pretty I don't cringy, know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he's literally grabbing like, and like basically they're squirming away. And he's well, like, and you got to think how a kid's going to interpret doing, that too. Doing like, the Harvey Weinstein forced kissing. It's like, yeah. yeah, you know, I don't know. But like the way people are turning, it's like, Oh, well, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, we have to get rid of Pepe because like Pepe Le Pew is making guys uh, assault women. It's like, it's not the direct connection. It's just, why the fuck do we need this RK? This RK? I, no, well, relax, like relax. I, I, I'm kind of on the same side where I feel like he is an outdated character. It is kind of the wrong impression to be putting into kids' minds. I'm agree, uh, agree with getting rid of him. But what boggles my mind more is that like so many people put all their time and energy into this instead of making sure everyone has clean water to drink yeah, and like, like health care and like you know it's it's amazing no, what it's we just, could accomplish as a species if we could oh, get our shit together. Oh, you know? I know, man. It's like some here's something shiny to get mad about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. What uh, this one is? Uh, I heard that they are going to be switching Mr. Potato Head. He's just going to be Potato Head now because they're removing the gender. Mm -hmm. Is Again, that something that worth ranting about or just relax? Oh, relax. I because I I mean I I'm a left winger and I'm very much like for this kind of like at heart. I'm, I agree for the most. I'm a, part. I'm a left winger. I'm like again why like why get mad about this? It's just yeah. it's teaching kids about you know like it I, there's no well, point i getting... almost take things a step further like i don't care obviously because it's yeah. potato head but you know what's if it's mr or mrs or whatever yeah, like, whatever it's a fucking potato yeah, like it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an anthropomorphic potato <laughs> that's you what know? i mean but again it's just let's get angry about this all oh, the liberal it's like yeah, yeah. okay what about um what about lockdowns what about them oh well i'm 
people need to relax and just roll with it or, or you know, should we be revolting? No, I, well, <laughs> I mean, I, no, I think we need to relax or to, I, well, I mean, relax, I don't know if it's the right word. I get it. Everybody's upset and mad, but at the same time, it's like, what are we supposed to do, man? Like, I, 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 cause the idea that like, oh, people say lockdowns don't work. Like, well, no, it's just, they do when you do an actual lockdown. Yeah. It's just, the term lockdown has become so misappropriated, right? Like people going on about like, oh, my freedom. It's like, it's like, no, look, you can still fucking go buy booze. You can still go to. Yeah, exactly. You're still able to actually do a lot of shit. That's not, you know, like it's not like it was a year ago where like I literally was terrified to leave my apartment for a month. Yeah, you know, because was, back then there was still so much we didn't know. Right. We're yeah. like, oh, my God, can I catch it just from you know, touching something and then touching my face three hours later, which and probably not right back then. We didn't know though. People were washing their mail. Um, I, I think we, I, I, the curfew well, in the, in Quebec's a little intense though. Yeah. Curfews to me, I don't see how I don't get. Yeah. Like what if you want to go out at, at 11 to just to go walk your dogs? Are you not allowed? If you're walking your dog, I think you are exempt. But there was a story, right, about like in Sherbrooke, this lady put her husband in a dog leash. And <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that. No. Thinking that it was like a loophole. That's um, so funny. Yeah, it's it, to me, there's not a lot of see lockdowns. If they're actually a lockdown, they do work because this disease is community. It's transmitted through you know, respiratory, like person to person contact, right? Curfews though, to me, just seem like kind of like, uh, like pandemic theater a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't. And like when the cops are all like, Oh, it's you're out 10 minutes past and they're going to give you an $800 ticket. They don't show. That's going to incite a feeling of rebellion in most people. Cause like I talked about this on Trevor's pad. I was outraged. This kid, they did a story about on CBC. He lives so like his dad lives in Elmer. He lives in Ottawa. He was like 17 years old. They were out ice fishing for the day. And uh, he was literally like, he's driving along like lower Elmer road, right about to turn right onto the Island park, the Champlain bridge, basically. And the cops stop him. He has Ontario plates. And they're like, what he was like, I mean, it was, it was, I think the curfew was nine 30 at the time. It was like nine forty or like he was 10 minutes past the curfew. That's ridiculous. You know, he's a 17 year old kid. He was out with his dad ice fishing for the day. And okay. He lost track of time or whatever. It's like, you're, yeah. you know, but like, you know, okay. If you're a cop, like show a bit of fucking leeway, but no, they gave him like an $800 ticket or something like that. It's like, what, how is Make an example, helping? I guess I was now, yeah, but it's like, you're just going to further enrage people. You know? Yeah, I agree. That, that's just excessive curfews. I don't see the proof behind, like there's not the data to suggest that they really make a difference. Lockdowns on the other hand, I am, I regrettably, it's like, well, to right me, now, lockdowns show how spoiled people were that everyone exactly like, you know well, no it's but well even like okay, people have been like, through war exactly okay here's a perfect example so randy hillier i don't know if you've heard of this guy i know he's, the name he's a member of provincial parliament not to be confused with rick hillier the guy who fucked up our vaccination rollout the former general okay randy hillier no relation is a, me- a member of provincial parliament from like perth area he got kicked out of the conservative caucus a couple of years ago. Cause like, he's too much of a wingnut for Doug Ford. So right off the bat, you're like, Holy fuck. This red flag. This, guy, this guy's gone full on like COVID idiot. Right. Where he's like, um, he literally today on Twitter posted a meme of like 
uh, or like a, his tweet with an image of Hitler basically saying like, this is just like Hitler, you know? And it's like, that is so fucking offensive. Imagine if you're like a Holocaust survivor or you actually have lived through, you know, the firebombing of Dresden or what, you know, yeah. and you're seeing some asshole comparing the fact that you can't go get your hair cut right now, like the entitlement, right? Like, and that's what you see in the States where it was like these fucking spoiled babies, like, going to the state house with guns ready to overthrow the state legislature, right? Like in Michigan, because like, I want to get a haircut. It's like, you know, you're, you keep it in perspective. Exactly. They need a little perspective. Like you said, like, it's like, you're just, you just look like a bunch of fucking crybabies. Like I just wish people would grow the fuck up. If we had done what they did in Australia and New Zealand, I mean, We'd it's be, easier because they're an island, I guess. I, too. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I understand. You know, it's not it's 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 not apples to apples necessarily, but it's, it's you know, and we're attached to fucking, you know, the place where like half the country literally doesn't think there's a, a pandemic going on and living accordingly. Right. So, I mean, even if the border's shut, like it's going to find it, you know, but at the same time, if we had just done, you know, like been able to stick it out until november december Had more self-discipline and yeah we yeah but I, everyone's yeah i just i i just wish people would stop behaving like five-year-olds but it's funny how each of these questions i say no we need to relax and then i go off on a fucking <laughs> i, I kind of predicted that it might go that way and that's why i thought it would be a fun bit. <laughs> yeah and it's also funny that you mentioned hitler because obviously a horrible man but is he not the ultimate ranter <laughs> well but that's have you he ever heard of the world uh, ranting yeah, he, I mean, he, he was, he was, uh, I mean, he took training, uh, like from actors, right? Like how to give a speech. Oh, like, really? Apparently he was quite, yeah, I don't, but anyway. Be, how to orate, uh, Robert, have you, yeah. have you ever heard of, uh, I think it's Godwin's law. It's like whoever coined by this guy named Godwin, like, like whoever brings up Hitler in an argument, like once you brought up Hitler, you've automatically lost the debate, you know, like, hmm. it's, it, well, like incorporating Hitler into something that's like, Okay, this sucks right now, but like to compare what we're going through. Oh yeah, like the tyranny of the fucking of, Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. shut the fuck up, man. I You're agree. An embarrassment. Yeah. You're an embarrassment. Yeah. No, yeah. fully. Yeah. But people do it. <laughs> I know. Um, shit, man. Okay, well, I want to ask one more thing that I read about you was that you. This was a bio that I think you wrote where, for yourself, where, but I'm where, wondering if it's where, true. Where did you Where did you read about this in the? Uh, I just the did my trades? research. Yeah. Um, you, you used to read travel guides to places that you had no plans of visiting, or is that just a joke? Oh, that was from a terrible fucking bio. I think. <laughs> but is that, that was... true? Is there any truth to that? Uh, yeah. Well, I do like reading. Uh, funny. I totally forgot about that joke. It's, people like will bring up jokes of mine that I've totally forgot doing like comics, wherever, like, remember that stupid joke you did? I was like, Oh yeah. I think you, well, as an interviewer, you feel like you get like nerd points. If you, if you bring up something and they're like, how did you know that? Or, or like, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Cause that was a bio. I think that was the first bio I wrote for comedy. I think in that same bio, I also wrote something like, uh, yeah, boy, uh, Trevor's been described as cool and funny by these people. And he's been described as a, a loser, by uh, the people at the Renfrew Legion. And yeah, yeah. Like, what a terrible bio. You're just saying that's that something about he normally doesn't refer to himself in the third person as much. Yeah, there was it was way too clever by that's half. Something about your elbow being featured in a, a show. Ah, uh, um, Train Forty Eight. 
Which yeah, actually, I looked that show up. I was going to bring this up just because I had never heard of it. And it sounded like a pretty rad show because it was an improvised, like, daily yeah, soap. It was an improvised soap opera that That's was crazy. filmed, on like, global. in a, in a, it was on Global and it was filmed on, uh, like, a Go Train. The same cast of characters, like, coming to and from work, I guess. Yeah. Or something. And oh my God, you're told, I, that, yeah, I think I wrote, like, uh, because I was making fun of the fact that, you know, like, comics will, like, they'll talk up their credits because that's what this business is all about. Yeah. And I, I don't have any credits. I still don't really have a lot of credits, but I, yeah, the joke was uh, you, um, you can see his left elbow in a scene from train 48 or so, you know, like really. Were you actually an extra on that show though? No, 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 okay. okay. It was just a dumb. I thought there could have been truth to that. This was like, yeah, that was like my first comedy bio. I think that would have been like 2007 or eight or something like way before I lived in Toronto. (laughs) Right on, man. That's Um, hilarious, man. I'm impressed. I I have to resurrect those jokes on stage now. Hey, I like reading (laughs) travel guides to cut. No, I I don't know why I thought. Um, yeah. Well, I also, during that research, found out, like I mentioned, that you were super into trivia stuff. Mm-hmm. So I actually got some trivia questions, just okay. just a little bit of history, a little bit of astronomy, mm. uh, some geography, world knowledge. Oh, um, astronomy. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, these are I don't know. I, I don't know that much trivia. So I, I, was I, I have some weaknesses in my game. I think astronomy is. Yeah, we used to play a feature. We got away from it because like they're not able to do it. We used to do stump the grump on the post show. <laughs> we used to do trivia every night. We're like, oh, nice. OK, well, then maybe you'll know some of these. But uh, do you know which country produces the most coffee? Oh, this is like a trick question or something, right? I think. I was surprised with the answer a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because well, uh, the obvious answer, like the first thing people would think of is probably Colombia, right? Yes, but I, think it, I asked it, my fiance and that's what she said. I think it's Brazil. It is Brazil. Yeah. Right on. Um, what is the brightest star in the sky? Oh, that's well, the astronomy one. The sun, isn't it? <laughs> I guess technically that's, that, it says Sirius. I guess they're going for okay. everything but is, the sun, the night sky, I guess. Wasn't the sun technically a star? I mean, it is. Yeah, no, that's here's me being a lawyer. So like, this well, is a smart well, answer. Are, yeah. um, how many wives did Henry VIII have? Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, these questions are kind of all over the place. Uh, eight, I think. Hmm? No, that's not why they call him Henry the Eighth. No, no, no. I know that's not why they call <laughs> there him. There were six. Six. Okay. Yeah. Still impressive amount of wives, I suppose. Um, what country has the most vending machines per capita? Japan. Yes. Japan. Damn. Okay. Doing pretty good. You're, you're two well, for Japan, four right yeah. now. And they sell, uh, like, you can buy, like, underwear and vending machines. Yeah, you can get weird shit in vending machines. Yeah. I know in Amsterdam, someone told me you could get shrooms in a vending machine. Oh. Like magic mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, not just regular most... mushrooms. Yeah, that'd be weirder. Just get some regular. What about old mushrooms? <laughs> um, what is the most frequently sold item at Walmart? This is weird. Hmm. hmm. That's an interesting question. I could probably get this if I think of. Uh, well, Walmart. I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. It, was it is an inexpensive item. It was surprising to you. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know what I would have thought. I would have thought toilet paper or something probably, but gum. No, it's a banana, a banana bananas or maybe bananas. I don't know. Bananas are ridiculously cheap though. That's one thing I always notice when I go to the grocery store, get a huge bunch of bananas and it's like 87 cents or something. Yeah, no, it's kind of like, how is anybody making money on this? Yeah. I'm wondering the banana trade. What's behind that? Yeah. Um, what was the first toy to be advertised on television? Uh, probably slinky. 
No, it was actually something we talked about already. Uh, Mr. Oh. Potato Head. Oh, okay. Yeah, Which surprised me. I would have said Barbie or G.I. Joe or some shit. Yeah, I thought Slinky would beat it to the post. But I guess Mr. Potato Head came first. It wasn't Slinky. Because I remember ads for Slinky's Slinky. Old, yeah. Slinky's old as fuck. The metal ones, yeah. Because they, they started making neon plastic, plastic yeah. ones in the 80s and shit. They always get tangled, though. Fucking Slinkies. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah. Um, what's the most common color of toilet paper in France? I didn't know anyone had colored toilet paper when I read this one, but uh i've been to france i should know this pink i think it is pink damn you are trivia man okay last one what's the total number of dots on a pair of six-sided dice that's kind of random maybe you could just do some brain calculate it i feel like there's got to be a time limit because anyone can figure it out one three i gotta clock it 21 no 42 On a six-sided, a pair of six-sided. Oh, pair! Oh, yeah, I so didn't... twenty-one. You were you were yeah. correct for one. I yeah. didn't. I didn't hear pair. I, I pretty quick. Was, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm good at fast math. That was fun, man. Um, okay, well, I have one last question for you then that I asked everyone this season, which is what's uh, thirty-seven plus fifty-nine? No, okay. No, God, no. I, I mean, I could do it, but ninety-six. Is it really? Wow. I, oh, I also want to mention, I wore this shirt, I got this shirt the other day at Winners because I thought it was a nice homage to, uh, yeah. you know, the Habs jersey hanging in, yeah. and I knew you like the CBC yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I, do, I do like hockey, yeah. Um, okay, last question, though. Um, season two, I've been asking everyone if you could have dinner with someone, alive or dead, that you've never met before, who would it be and why? Huh. Just one person, eh? One person, but, uh, you know, it could be anyone uh, in history. Uh, someone who's still alive, you know. Well, as an aspiring grumpy old man and somebody who's like a kind of a, a bit of, a, I won't say almost a hero of mine, I think I'd say uh, Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah, right on. I like, I like I, Bernie, I, I, he's somebody I admire and uh, he's I just, uh, he's a guy who uh, all his entire political career has never, um, he's never had to go back and like, oh, I, I, actually supported the Iraq war, yeah, but now I think anything. it's bad because he's always been on the right side of history yeah. as long as he's been in public life. That's true. And uh, I, I, I just, yeah, I've read a bio an autobiography a few years ago and I just developed like a, a real respect. He's a politician that I actually respect and admire. And there aren't that many of them. And he seems uh, like he has a good sense of humor too. Yeah. He's, he's just seems like actually a really cool guy for an 80 year old man. I just would love to talk to him. I don't know. Maybe he would not turn out to be a dud as a dinner guest because uh, he just wouldn't feel like talking, but I, I he's so, yeah, I don't know. That's the first name that came to mind, but uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. Cause there's so yeah. many people you could choose. Yeah. Or, you know, or would there be a translator available or like, what if they don't, I usually say yes to all those types of questions. They don't speak English or French. I don't speak any other languages. So yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'd love to have dinner with uh, uh, Jesus Christ, you know, on good Friday, but uh, I don't speak Aramaic. So I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, um, who does? It's always things? interesting to me, though, when someone chooses someone who's actually alive in the world right now, that yeah. potentially you could potentially meet Bernie Sanders, whereas, you know, you could otherwise choose someone that's not yeah. anymore. Yeah, I mean, like I get the obvious, like people always, you know, religious people will say stuff like Jesus or, you know, I don't know, Winston Churchill or some bullshit. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No, someone I, said uh, um, Ernest Hemingway. I think it was Kyle. Kyle Brownrigg. If I'm not Ernest mistaken. Hemingway. Oh, well, I yeah. Think, he, he, I hope I'm not fun, screwing that up. He'd be fun to drink with for sure. 
I, I'm really wondering if that was him who said that. But anyways, okay. um, no, that's still a cool answer, though. Bernie Sanders is a good one. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. That's the first. I don't know. I mean, I could. There's a lot of athletes I like, too. But I mean, athletes generally aren't always the most interesting people to talk to because they're just, you know, like, oh, a meathead or something. Uh, yeah. I like hockey. And uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have a truck and it runs on gas. <laughs> Not to say all hockey players are like that. But no, no, but I get what you're saying. The stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like we could have an interesting discussion about like politics and the world. And, yeah. It seems like an and I could, dude. I could do my Bernie Sanders and, you know, <laughs> well, he's, he's somebody I admire because like I jokingly make reference to the fact all the time that like, I'm going to run for mayor next year. And like, he didn't really, he didn't get into politics Well, he was into politics in his thirties, but he didn't, he was really, doing like civil rights stuff. And yeah, he didn't really protesting. He got elected mayor of Burlington in like 1981, I think. He was around my age, the age I am now, when mm. he got into electoral politics, or at least on, successfully, because he ran for a couple things in the 70s, but wasn't, couldn't, couldn't get elected. So I don't, I mean, not that I expect, I, I don't know if I'm actually going to run for mayor, and if I do, I sure as hell don't expect to win. But it'd be uh, fun, though. It'd be fun. It'd be good for like my comedy career, maybe. It just and politics does seem to be the other person's game. I I'm always like I also feel not to call you old by any no no no. But I I'm into politics. I've always been interested in politics. Even when I was like in my twenties, I would like taught like I would follow what you know. So like it's something that I've always been. So you know, at some point in my life, maybe I will run for office in some capacity, just so I can actually try to. You know, instead of just complaining or talking about it all the time, actually put my name forward. I don't know. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It would be fun. Well, you got my vote. Hey, thanks. That's that's. I joked about that on Twitter. I was like, you know, if I do run for mayor, I feel like I could I could probably get uh, the majority of the Ottawa comedy vote locked up, maybe. And you know, like, I mean, that's you know, there's like yeah, you're well loved in the Ottawa community. I'm, well, I mean, have, no, I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm well loved. It's just that, I mean, well, comedians will be, well, we got to vote for the other comedian, right? You know, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, could be, it could be my platform. Uh, and I feel like there's like four or 5,000 comedians in Ottawa now by this point. So, I mean, like if I can, if I can get 80% of their vote, that's a sizable constituency right there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. tell me if you, if you start running, I'll be there to check it out for sure. Holy shit. We've been talking for like an hour and a half. Hey, wow. Yeah, this happens a lot on my show, it would yeah. seem, but uh, I take oh, that as a good thing. Yeah, no, it's great. It doesn't feel like it's been great. I, I, no, it was uh, a blast I, talking to you, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you, I mean, I guess this won't be airing or won't be. This will go up Monday. Monday. Okay. So, yeah. uh, well, if you're watching this Monday, Tuesday night, April 6th. Trevor's Pad. Check out Trevor's Pad, 9 p.m. on Twitch and Facebook Live. Our guest will be the very funny David Brennan. Oh, nice. Uh, he was my yeah. previous guest on this. Yeah, I think I did. I did see that. Yeah, super funny. Such a nice guy, too. And uh, yeah, Tavis and I are actually also starting a podcast soon of our own. So, oh, nice. Tavis yeah. is amazingly yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's going to be called What's Wrong with Trevor and Tavis. So it's going to be, I guess, similar to what you just did with, uh, with me there with Rant or Relax. We're nice topics and we talk about what's wrong with it because that's what I love to do. I just like to talk about what, what's wrong with everything. So. Well, I'm glad if this could serve as like a dry run for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, this, this has been a lot of fun. I really Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, no, Tavis, I just want to say he, uh, his episode that I, he came on a long time ago. He was episode 12 or some shit, I think. Okay. And still to this day, one of my favorite interviews. He's, yeah, no, he's, he cracks me up, man. Yeah, he's a funny guy for sure. He's a head writer. Trevor's bad. Um, what episode is this? What are you up to now? 40? 46. 46. Wow. Yeah. Great. Great. Awesome. Yeah, I try to do them once a week, but this winter I've been uh, doing every second week. Just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it depends how my life is going in other yeah. departments. Oh, you know? oh, you've got others. I mean, you know, life happens. Yeah. 
well, I work at the hospital, but some weeks I work more than others. So, you know, yeah, that, that can take up time if I get a bunch of shifts all of a sudden, but mm-hmm. anyways, man, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Much obliged. And yeah, uh, yeah we'll uh, I'll, uh, talk to you soon. I'm sure. Stay safe. Everyone. Yes, you too, dude. <laughs> okay. So take, take care, man. Peace out, man.